misinformation, critical mass, with your host, Rick Franzi. Hello and welcome to Critical Mass Nonprofit Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. This talk show airs on Wednesdays at 4 p.m., heard exclusively here on octalkradio.net. If you're listening to the show as a podcast, we encourage you to consider listening to this show during our broadcast time. The show is brought to you by Succession Strategies, Commerce National Bank, and Smart Business Magazine. The goal for this show is to help you learn more about many of the worthy nonprofit organizations that operate here in Orange County, California, servicing the need. If you'd like to join in the conversation today, then I would suggest you find the community chat room section of octalkradio.net's website. By doing this, you can log in with your Twitter handle. You'll then be connected to our nerve center. Yes, our nerve center. Today, our nerve center is being operated by our producer, Paul Roberts. And you can communicate with him and possibly something that you guys exchange, he'll bring to our attention here on the other side of the booth. And we can engage with our guests. We have a very busy show today, so I want to get right to our first guest. Her name is Janae Kreitner, and she is the founder of Grandma's House of Hope. Janae, welcome to Critical Mass Nonprofit Show. Well, thank you very much. I'm glad to be with you. It's our pleasure. Share with us a little bit about your organization and as the founder, the inspiration for why you decided to start Grandma's House of Hope. Okay. Well, from 2004 to 2012, um, Grandma's House of Hope has evolved from a small emergency shelter to a campus model housing program offering services to invisible populations in Orange County. Um, so what I like to refer to that is, is people who typically fall through the cracks of other programs. For me, what gets me out of bed every morning is find, you know, that woman who's called 10 or 15 other shelter programs without a successful placement and how we can step in to meet those needs. We also have a program called Nana's Kids that um, works with identifying children through the um, school lunch program um, who are on the free lunch program and who are also facing the additional challenge of living in a homeless condition, such as a motel or living in their car or in a shelter program. And we provide food for them over the weekends and summer months when school's out of session. Um, in terms of how I got started and why, um, as a founder, this was a personal mission of mine, you know, that dates back to 1991 when even though, um, I had had a college education. Um, I ended up on the street homeless myself with my five-year-old son with 20 bucks in my pocket and two suitcases to my name and had to fend for myself and try to find out a way out of that cycle of homelessness. So I'm pretty personally connected to the mission of the organization, which is to provide compassionate and uplifting transitional support for uniquely challenged women in crisis and hungry children in Orange County. So, so I have to back you up a little bit, Janae, because to go from wh- how you described that with your son at that point in your life to being able to not only now care for y- your family but also provide so much support for others in need, take us through that journey just a little bit. Help us to appreciate how you've come this far. Well, I'll back up a little bit further, um, and I will tell you that I grew up in a very upper-middle-class family where everything looked perfect from the outside and wasn't so pretty on the inside. Um, I went to college on an opera scholarship, double majored in theater, um, got my equity card at the American Conservatory Theater, and had a very successful career in the entertainment industry when, at age 35, um, some of my past... um, Secrets surfaced, um, things that I had kept inside and bottled up for 35 years bubbled to the surface when I was doing a show, ironically called Homeless, a street opera, when I played the part of a, um, a homeless prostitute who was a heroin addict and nine months pregnant. And um, the story behind the character I was playing actually mirrored mine from my childhood, which, you know, unfortunately includes incest and um, abuse in my family. Um, after the show closed, one of my family members came to, to uh, take me out to breakfast and sort of started talking about his journey in my family and, and, and what that had surfaced for him, and this whole kind of bottleneck happened. And I didn't really have the resources to deal with 
all of that information, and I ended up making some pretty poor choices just trying to self-care for myself. And I actually was um, recruited by a human trafficking perpetrator and ended up in another state in a very, very scary and um, dangerous situation. And three years after um, I got uh, tracked into that, um, I was left abandoned at the side of the road with my five-year-old um, in the city of Anaheim, right outside of the happiest place on earth, Disneyland. So, Amazing. you know, so the journey back involved being able to reach out and allow people to help me get back on my feet. And after I had achieved that with the help of some really amazing people in my life, you know, I had to kind of look back and reflect on what had happened and think to myself, you know, you can let your past define you or you can let your past, um, you know, bridge you forward into helping others in similar circumstances. And I chose to take my, um, you know, my personal story and see how I could help others that, that you know, I could then relate to on their level. That is a, um, and we've only scratched the surface. It is a, <laughs> it, it, as I can imagine, what, uh, but it's a powerful story that is um, now serving as the fuel for the growth and the inspiration behind your worthy organization. You mentioned that a part of your outreach are to help children and families in motels, etc. cetera. And, and, and I know that that is a, it's always been a, a need in our community, but I also understand that the recession has really exaggerated and impacted that need even more greatly than previously. So could you talk a little bit about what your experience is with, with those people and how you're helping them? Sure, and, and I w I'll take you back to a moment, too, just so you can kind of, you know, maybe picture what it might be like, you know, to live in a motel. Um, a lot of us who have never experienced homelessness think about going and spending a night in a motel is kind of a fun experience, and you get into the room, and, you know, the first thing you do is go to the corner store and pick up some snacks and stock up the fridge, and, you know, and you're usually doing some kind of vacationing around that. Well, for women, you know, and families moving into motels, you know, it's it very often is the last few pennies they're scraping together to put on the counter and pay for a room for the night to put a shelter over your children's heads. And quite honestly, I remember being in that situation and not being able to buy my son a 99-cent hamburger from the fast food place across the fence from the, the motel. And this is a reality for families living in motels. But, you know, the first thing to go are the things that you think may be expendable. So your children may be eating at school um, their breakfast and lunches, but dinner time sometimes goes unnoticed or, um, it, you know, dinner, dinner is sometimes not existent for these families. So, and, and if you think about Fridays to Mondays, you know, we're not even talking about trying to get through, like, Tuesday night to Monday morning breakfast, but Friday afternoon comes along, and we find these kids are in the school cafeteria on Friday afternoon stuffing their pockets full of food after the other children have left the cafeteria because they're embarrassed about being hungry, but they still don't, they need something to eat over the weekend. So Grandma's House of Hope started by um, taking, um, finding the children through the school systems and through the motels where they were living. And these are kids that are on the free lunch program, so they're not even on the reduced cost, but free lunch program. And we provide seven meals a weekend over the school year and 21 meals a week over the summer months um, to seven different distribution sites in Orange County, including Garden Grove, Santa Ana, Anaheim, and Tustin. So we started with 10 kids in 2007, basically packing these bags out of our, um, <laughs> out of our garage. Uh, my family and I, and now um, Grandma's House of Hope is serving nearly 500 of these kids over 300,000 meals a year in Orange County. Wow. Wow, that is, um, that is exact. You and your organization are, are exactly why we decided to start doing this show earlier this year, because I saw an article in the Orange County Register that there were roughly 3,200, 3,000 plus organization serving need in Orange County, and I was just amazed by the number and shocked by the apparent need and trying to do something. And so we created this nonprofit show to highlight worthy organizations such as Grandma's House of Hope. What's a current challenge that you're facing in your organization, and how can you share that with our audience so that they can appreciate sort of as the founder and the leader, you know, the challenge that, one of the challenges that you're facing today? Well, 
I think, you know, challenges for, I, I think I share the same common, you know, thread with many organizations, I think all organizations in Orange County and throughout the country, in that with the recent downturn of the um, economy, it's become more and more difficult to find funding resources to do the work that we do. You know, most of uh, the organizations that um, are doing the most work for the least amount of money are, you know, you can find that out by researching them on GuideStar or whatnot. You know, we're, for instance, our organization, 89 cents of every dollar goes directly to provide direct services to our um, to our clients, but the need is outgrowing the ability to serve given dollars. For instance, our Nana's Kids program now serves 500 kids. Well, there's 28,000 homeless children in Orange County. So there's a few of us organizations um, that are, are, you know, hitting this population for nutritional support, but I think altogether I think we are maybe managing to serve a couple thousand, maybe 2,000 of these 28,000 kids. And that, you know, directly reflects back to individual giving and donor gifts, you know, and foundation gifts or whatnot. But for us in particular, we've spent so much time out in the community providing services and so little time and funding we don't spend a lot of money on media and PR, so that's why you know shows like yours can be so helpful to organizations like ours because we don't have the dollars to spend on marketing and public relations and whatnot. So getting the word out that there are programs that you can support, you know, with your volunteer hours, with your finances, um, we need you out here. We all need you, <laughs> the public out there, to come in and and do your part to help these you know need, needy children. You know, as we were having this conversation, my producer brought to my attention, I guess, a message that came to him maybe through our, our website. But he, he wants, uh, there's a question that wants me to, uh, that I'm asking you about Bruno, who's the owner of the White House restaurant in Anaheim, and the work that he's doing feeding motel kids mm -hmm. out of his restaurant. Uh, mm -hmm. Can you speak to that? Are you, I guess, could you give us a sense for his work as well? Um, we have worked with Bruno in the past. He's a he's an amazing, generous um, man. He's actually um, promoted a couple of nonprofit um, special events for us at the White House. Um, so he's very been very generous with that. And um, last year, he actually supported us with a thirty thousand dollar grant to support a hundred children in the city of Anaheim with our after school program. So he's he's a great, incredible guy. He, he cooks some good pasta, mm. <laughs> and the kids enjoy it. Well, I, and I want to thank uh, whoever sent that in to our producer for asking that question. I'm glad we were able to make that connection, Janae. Mm -hmm. uh, so help us to understand. Uh, I know that many organizations throughout the year have events to raise funds and awareness. Do you have an event planned in the uh, later this year or early next year that you would like to share with our audience in case people would like to you know, become more interest, uh, involved with your organization? Sure. I actually have two very different kind of events. In um, First of all, in February of next year, February 9th, we will be having our annual Festival of Hearts event. So if you're interested in attending, we are going to be having the daughter of the Horse Whisperer come and talk to us about alternative methods of healing for our women. So um, I think that's going to be really exciting. That's February 9th of next year. And then this year, um, on October 31st, on Halloween night, um, we are sponsoring our second annual Safe Harvest event. Now, we're going to be working with the West Anaheim Youth Center to provide a safe alternative for children living in motels on Halloween night. Uh, why this is so important to me is that, I mean, if you can imagine kids trick-or-treating in your neighborhoods, it may look very different from a child who walks out of their motel room to the motel room next door knocking on a door because one of two things may happen. Well, we'll say one of three things may happen. Maybe the door opens and somebody gives them some candy. That's the least likely thing that's going to happen. The second thing that could happen is somebody opens that door that is not a safe person to interact with. And the third thing that's most likely to happen is that family doesn't have the resources to provide candy, even if they wanted to, to children that are trick-or-treating. So we're um, collaborating with the West Anaheim Youth Center to provide I think a lot of churches have these harvest events on Halloween night where kids can come and play games and get candy and, you know, have a, have a safe environment to enjoy the evening. And we hope to do the very same thing on October 31st, the West Anaheim Youth Center. And we are looking for donations of candy, so candy food drives are helpful. We are definitely looking for um, members of the community to come out and sponsor a game booth. Um, so come out with, you know, whatever inventive game that you have and give candy out to the kids. 
um, that come. And we're also going to be sponsoring a an illusion show, a magic show with the kids, and food from uh, Orange County Rescue Mission has offered their chili van to us. And um, so we're we're really excited. It's going to be a real fun evening. It's starting to all come together. And there's so many ways that you can participate and help with this event. So please contact us at our office in Santa Ana. Um, can I give the phone number? I was hoping you would give the contact information. Yes, Janae? Absolutely. The phone number is 714-558-8600. At 714-558-8600. And, of course, the website is grandmashouseofhope.org. I feel like we just started the conversation. Unfortunately, we're out of time for today's episode of Critical Mass Nonprofit Show. Janae, as a part of you know the program here and the people who work to help put this program together, I want to say thank you for what you're doing in the community. And we're going to have to have you back on uh, next year to spend a little bit more time talking about your worthy organization and, and the difference that you're making here in Orange County. Thank you for being a friend of the program. And Welcome to the Critical Mass community here on the radio show. Thank you so very much. I appreciate your time in supporting us. Our pleasure. Have a good day, my friend. Okay. God bless. Thanks. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's Janae Kreitner with Grandma's House of Hope. I hope you will uh, find out more about that organization and see if you might be able to help them, especially with uh, the Halloween event that's coming up. That's the nearest one. But if you're listening to this as a podcast and Halloween has passed for 2012, not to worry. I have a program in the early part of next year as well. So this is Rick Franzi, host of Critical Mass Nonprofit, saying stay tuned. We have Philip Yeager of AIDS Services of Orange County is our second guest here on the program today, and he'll be right with us after these brief words from our sponsors. Can we talk about your family business? You know, that thing you put your whole life's blood, sweat, and tears into? Well, what happens when you retire or try and pass that business on to your children? At Succession Strategies, we can help you find the answers. We'll guide you through the unsettling process of protecting your family legacy and successfully passing your business on to the next generation, safely and securely, ensuring that it'll both survive and thrive for generations to come. So ask yourself just one question. Can I really afford to wait? Take the first step. Take our complimentary self-assessment at SuccessionStrategies.com or call us at 714-560-9022 to set up a free consultation at your convenience. That's Succession-Strategies.com. If you are an Orange County business executive, this message is for you. Do you ever feel isolated with no place to turn for advice or feedback? Who holds you accountable to your commitments in your company? Where do you find the right resources to help you and your company grow? If you have these questions, then Critical Mass for Business might be the answer for you. Critical Mass for Business is committed to helping you make better decisions. These are groups of peers running businesses just like you, providing a great sounding board to test ideas and concepts, review plan and goals, and present issues and opportunities for discussion. The result is improved strategy, accountability, people, and execution skills. If you are interested in learning more, go to www.criticalmassforbusiness.com and learn more about our executive peer group. Welcome back to Critical Mass Nonprofit Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. If this is your first exposure to our program, let me just say that this show is one of a series of three programs that we do under the Critical Mass name, all on octalkradio.net on Tuesdays at 4 p.m., We're interviewing local business owners and entrepreneurs on Wednesday. It's our show that you're listening to now, which is our nonprofit show. And then on Thursdays at 3 p.m., we're interviewing business owners and executives from across the country. If you're interested in listening to any of the shows live, they're all here at octalkradio.net, or you can rebroadcast them anytime off of Apple, iTunes, Stitcher, and our other podcasting services. As I said before the break, Our next guest is Philip Yeager. He's with 
AIDS Services of Orange County. Philip, welcome to Critical Mass Nonprofit Show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Tell me a bit about your organization. Sure. AIDS Services Foundation Orange County is the largest, most comprehensive nonprofit AIDS service provider in Orange County. We currently serve approximately 1,600 clients each year, and we serve them through a case management model, which then connects folks to nutrition services, transportation, mental health, emergency housing, and we also have children and families programs as well that we provide here on site. Uh, The mission of the organization is to prevent the spread of HIV and improve the lives of men, women, and children affected by HIV and AIDS in Orange County. So we were founded in 1985 by a group of dedicated volunteers who saw their friends dying and nowhere to turn, and nobody was quite sure what this mysterious illness or disease was that was taking people very quickly. So they decided they wanted to start a foundation. They put together a small fundraiser, and that became the seed money that helped found the organization. A lot has changed, I would imagine, since 1985 as it relates to AIDS awareness mm-hmm. and, uh, and related topics, I would think. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we've, we've seen, uh, you know, in the beginning, HIV and AIDS was a death sentence. And then what we saw was the advent of the medications, the protease inhibitors, and we saw people beginning to, to be able to live with HIV. And now what we're seeing is although there is not a cure uh, and there is not a vaccine, that we have a number of tools, if you will, that we can use to help prevent the spread of HIV and, and potentially lead us to ending HIV in our lifetimes. That's a powerful statement. Yes. It's very exciting for us, I have to tell you. I guess I'd like to know a challenge, though, that you're facing today, Philip, in your organization. And if you could give us sense for the challenge and maybe how people who are listening today or maybe in the future in a rebroadcast could um, get involved to help with that challenge. Sure, sure. You know, one of the things that we see is, is complacency with HIV and AIDS. Um, after 30 years, um, and of course we've got some great medications and treatments that are now out, and we've got some some figures out there like Magic Johnson uh, that are showing how people can live uh, a healthy life with HIV and AIDS. What has happened is I think there has become a bit of a complacency with the disease. Yet the reality is that the medications don't work for everybody, and we still lose people due to HIV and AIDS. So one of the things that we have really focused on is, you know, the stigma that's associated with HIV and AIDS, because that is really what's preventing most people from finding out their status, from getting tested. And so one of the things that we're really working on is working with the primary care physicians in Orange County to incorporate routine HIV testing into their normal health screenings that they do with their patients. It's something that the state, you know, has uh, recommended of physicians, but most don't do it. So one of the things that everybody can do to help end AIDS is to know your status, and the only way you're going to do that is by getting tested. So when you're in for your medical appointment, your next annual physical or whatever, the best thing anyone can do is, is ask their doctor if they can have an HIV test. The doctor should be offering it anyway, but this is just another way to, to ensure that they're, they truly know their status. So, Philip, what's involved in, in having it, being tested for HIV? Oh, it's very simple these days. The results are within 20 minutes. There's no needles, no blood. It's a simple swab inside the cheek. Uh, It sits in fluid for 20 minutes, and you have your results. Very quick, painless, easy. All right, so awareness and working with your primary care. I find so often in the medical profession, it's important for the patient to view themselves as a partner with their doctor to manage their own uh, well-being and health care. And I think your advice is perfectly in line with that philosophy, that you need to take control of your own health. And if it's not being suggested by your doctor, suggest that you want to do it, because in the end, you're ultimately responsible for your own physical condition. Absolutely. Let's talk about, I know you have two exciting events coming up, and I'd love to try to help organizations get the awareness out. I know how hard that can be with all that's going on in Southern California and Orange County. There's a lot of distractions, and it's hard to reach the audience sometimes. So we try to play our small role here on Critical Mass Nonprofit Show to let Orange County know about upcoming events. And I know that you don't have just one, but you have two, Philip. So could you tell us about a night at South Beach and then ride for AIDS? 
Sure, sure. Our annual gala this year is called A Night at South Beach. And so there you go. There's the theme. We're going to take you down to South Beach, Florida. But what is really cool about this event is it will be held at Disney's California Adventure in Stage 17, which is inside of the Disney California Adventure Park. So that is really incredible. What folks will be doing is they'll be pulling up to the uh, Grand California Hotel. There will be valet parking there. Well, then folks will be escorted over to uh, the Disney California Adventure Park. They're um, into Stage 17, where, again, you will have everything themed up to South Beach. We'll have cocktails. Um, there will be a sit-down dinner. Uh, we will also have a, a very brief uh, stage presentation. We're going to have salsa band, dancing, and so on. Um, and then we're going to have some incredible live auction items. We're going to have an opportunity to fly on the Goodyear Blimp will be one of our auction items, which is pretty darn incredible. We're also going to be offering up a Disneyland package with the resort. And also there will be a South Beach Beach package, if you will, uh, with America Airlines tickets and a hotel stay in South Beach. So really just a, a fun, fun evening. Um, you know, everybody who knows Disneyland knows they know how to put on a party. They know how to create magic. So it, this should truly be a really, really magical evening. And uh, the date for that is Saturday, September 29th. So that is the big annual gala that we have coming up. Um, we have uh, tables available anywhere from $1,500 table sponsorship all the way up to $25,000 table sponsorship. And individual tickets, limited individual tickets, are $300. So that's the first of the two events we have coming up. The second one that you mentioned was the Orange County Ride for AIDS, or OCRA. And what that is, is that is a bike ride around and through Orange County. Uh, it's a one-day bicycle ride. We will have three routes for that. We will have a 100-mile route. Then we'll have what we call our metric century, which is 62-mile route. And this year, we're adding a smaller route, which is the Taste of Okra, and that is a 30-mile route for anybody who's not comfortable with the larger uh, routes, maybe they're beginners. Mm -hmm. The ride will begin and end at the Festival of Arts Grounds in Laguna Beach, and that ride is scheduled for Saturday, October 13th. And how many people usually turn out for that? We've had about 100 riders the last two years. This is our third year, and currently we're up to about 150. And so we're, we're hoping between 150 and 175 riders will come out and join us. Wow, that, that is great. And how many um, people do you expect for September 29th? For September 29th, we have a capacity of 400. So I believe that we very well may sell out that event. Um, wow. Just being at Disneyland Resort, I think, is, is, is a real plus. Uh, and then we're going to have a little special uh, viewing of the world of color uh, following our event, special VIP showing. So there's, there's kind of an added bonus, if you will, there, too. Well, that, I'm so glad I have you on the show now here in early September so that people can still plan to attend participate in, I shouldn't say attend the ride, participate in the ride and attend uh, the gala. Those sound like really outstanding opportunities to raise awareness and also raise some money for a worthy cause. How does someone find out more? How do they find you online? How do they contact you, Philip? Right, right. So our website is um, www.ocasf.org, O-R-G. That's www.ocasf.org. And then our social networks, we're on Facebook at Aid Services Foundation. And then Twitter is at OCASF. Well, I wish you much success with your events in the coming weeks. And thanks for making time to be our guest on the program today. Welcome to the virtual community of Critical Mass listeners and members. And I appreciate you taking the time to share a little bit about what you're doing here uh, for a very worthy cause in the Orange County area. Thanks, Philip. Thank you, Rick. Appreciate the opportunity. Have a good day. You too. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is Critical Mass Nonprofit Show focused on gaining exposure for worthy Orange County-based uh, nonprofits. There are so many of them here in the county, and we're trying to do our small part to raise some level of awareness for their organization, for their cause, their mission, and also their activities that they're performing here for those in need in our community. Uh, stay tuned. We're going to take our second sponsorship break. 
And then when we come back, Kay Underhill and Doug Crow from Wings of Purpose will be our guests. And we're our producer is very excited because he gets a chance to work his technical muscles, as we say, by having two guests at the same time. So you stay tuned just to hear how Paul Roberts is performing on his function as a producer. But stay tuned after these brief words from some of our sponsors. He used to pester me for a walk. Now it's the other way around. Hoag Physicians perform more orthopedic procedures than any other hospital in Orange County. Our orthopedic program, in fact, ranks among the top five in the entire country. So whatever it is you live for, you can get back to it sooner. Because as it turns out, the best part of life is simply living it. Hoag for life. Visit us at www.hoag.org. My company made the switch to Commerce National Bank about six months ago. Our relationship officer was there every step of the way to make the transition as seamless as possible. We had an early hiccup with a deposit scanner, but they dropped everything and drove right to our offices to help. We couldn't feel better about our decision to switch. Instead of calling an 800 number and navigating through automated menus, now I call my Commerce National Bank relationship officer directly for any questions we have. Just knowing that they're so easily accessible and willing to help really puts me at ease. They offer the same technology as the big banks but deliver it with superior service and training. They're also rated a full five stars by Bauer Financial. So if your organization is a small or medium-sized business in Orange County, you should make the switch too. Call Mary Miller, Senior Vice President, at 949-870-3863 or visit them online at www.commercenatbank.com. That's commercenatbank.com. Give Commerce National a chance to do better than your bank, and they'll handle the rest. If you are an Orange County business executive, this message is for you. Do you ever feel isolated with no place to turn for advice or feedback? Who holds you accountable to your commitments in your company? Where do you find the right resources to help you and your company grow? If you have these questions, then Critical Math for Business might be the answer for you. Critical Mass for Business is committed to helping you make better decisions. These are groups of peers running businesses just like you, providing a great sounding board to test ideas and concepts, review plans and goals, and present issues and opportunities for discussion. The result is improved strategy, accountability, people, and execution skills. If you are interested in learning more, go to www.criticalmassforbusiness.com and learn more about our executive peer group. Critical Mass Nonprofit Show. My name is Rick Franzi, and I am your host. If you've not had a chance to see our latest new media venture, Critical Mass TV, then you should find our website. I encourage you, or ask you, to find our website under the media division. You'll see the TV show. You click there, and you'll see the links to uh, all of our programs. It's a very new endeavor for us. Um, our latest show is with an interview with Jeff Shattuck, who is president of Dot Fulfillment. Some interesting B-roll, as we say here, background uh, information. You'll get to see what it's like to run a large-scale fulfillment operation here in beautiful Orange County, California. And now let's turn our attention to the next worthy nonprofit organization that we're going to explore on Critical Mass Radio Show is Wings of Hope. I have Kay Underhill and Doug Crow, both of whom I've met, and I'm excited to have them come and talk about their work in developing and building Wings of Purpose. Kay and Doug, welcome to the program. Well, thank you. I'd like to ask, you know, maybe Doug, I could start with you. Tell us a little bit about the organization and as the founder, you know, why you decided to, to, to start this organization, what's the need that you saw, and just give us a sense for not only what the organization is about and what it's going to be doing in the future, but sort of the need and why you decided to create this organization. Uh, thanks. I'd be happy to. Um, number one, uh, I'm, a, I'm a big aviation fan. I'm a pilot, but I've also been very active in the uh, nonprofit community, having worked with Junior Achievement and Rotary International for a number of years. And what I found um, with today's youth especially is really a lack of uh, direction and, for lack of a better word, courage. There's a lot of kids that just, you know, they sort of like have helicopter parents and, you know, pun intended, um, you know, hover over them and tell them what they should do and where they should go to school and what should happen or, or peer pressure. 
And what Wings of Purpose does is it helps kids um, find their, their true spirit, their true self, and gives them the courage, conviction, and accountability to make the right decisions in their life based on who they are, not based on who someone says they should be, which is how, you know, which is another reason why we appeal to disadvantaged youth because of all the people that um, we work with all types of kids, right, whether you're, uh, uh, you know, successful parents or no parents. Um, but the disadvantaged ones have a special place in our heart because they don't have, you know, many role models nor the opportunity to um, make a difference in the world. They, they have a, a blinders on as what's possible for them. And in my, in my view, what I've seen out there in the world, anything is possible. But it does take a little inspiration or sometimes a mentor to bring that to the surface for somebody. Okay, so you said you're a pilot. And you're also your organization's name is Wings of Hope. Do those? How do those two tie uh, no, together? No, it's wing, Wings of Purpose, actually. Wings I'm sorry, of purpose. Wings of Purpose. purpose. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. How do those two tie together? Well, Wings, of course, aviation and purpose. It's it's done with a purpose. Um, I love the word hope, but I, I like the word purpose better because our purpose is to give kids the life skills and the leadership skills, quite frankly, so they can become. Because you know, I mean, it's, it sounds a little. Uh, uh, cliche to say, oh, yeah, our kids are tomorrow's future. Well, you know what? They are. And, uh, you know, we have raising our kids on, you know, cell phones and, and MTV and uh, not a whole lot, a lot of good role models out there. Um, so the more we can do instill that from a, a relational standpoint, saying, let's, let's give an experience to a kid. Let's give them a flight in an airplane. Let's let them try something new. Let's give them some uh, purpose to do something with their life and give them some inspiration. It, it just goes a long way. And I've done that a lot with Rotary. And uh, I was a junior achievement uh, kid when I was growing up, and I always loved that organization. And um, it was for, for business. But not every kid um, was interested in business. But all kids love airplanes. So that's why I chose it. Doug, it's my understanding that Wings of Purpose is a newer organization. In other words, we're, we're talking to you relatively early in the organization's life. Is that true? Yes, that's very true. Um, we were founded, actually got our charter a year ago, but I was putting a lot of things in place to actually get it up and running. And, uh, yeah, so we're very, very new. Um, our Facebook page just went up a few days ago, quite frankly. And uh, But our organization has been around for about a year, and uh, we're very excited to, um, you know, be here in Orange County and, and uh, you know, getting kids wings. So how can uh, – tell us about in the early – this is so great to be able to have such a young organization on the radio program. Talk to us about a current challenge that you're facing and, and how the uh, community might help you with that challenge. Ah, great question. Well, the, you know, the challenge for nonprofits is always um, resources, uh, for lack of a better word, you know, fundraising. Um, but, you know, it doesn't matter. We, we actually are very open to all types of resources that we could, we could use to help these kids out. Some people just want to volunteer some time. I've got a lot of pilot friends that are on the board. Um, some people um, may just want to come at one of our fundraising events, which Kay might, might hint on. We have something coming up this fall. They can actually bid on an airplane flight. And these are, you know, they were talking about a general aviation, you know, single engine fun airplane. And they can bid on that and, and put some kid in the, from the projects into an airplane for an hour and give him, give him something he's only dreamed about, but he will definitely remember for the rest of his life. And uh, sitting there with a pilot talking about critical decision-making skills, what it's like to be, you know, even as a private pilot like myself or perhaps a corporate pilot, um, there is no limit to what a person can achieve. So um, the more resources we have to bring to bear to that, the, the more people we can serve. So certainly we're looking to, um, you know, raise funds and get volunteers and even donations of, uh, mm -hmm. you know, airplanes or, or cars also work. So, Kay, I'm going to turn to you then for this part of the interview because I do like to feature upcoming fundraising events for our guests and so it sounds like you have your organization has something planned for later this fall could you share a little bit about what is going on and who might attend and how they can find out more about that definitely uh we are open for many volunteers and uh it, the event will be happening at the end of october we haven't um actually uh uh, have um, specific uh, sponsorships yet, but we're in the process of organizing all that. Uh, we are open for volunteer pilots and educators and students and families that shares love and aviation and passion for mentoring. 
So uh, we will send out massive emails to uh, all the contests, including your stations, and uh, maybe you guys could really participate in, you know, spreading the uh, news about this event. But definitely we will love to involve you, and uh, we will send out this massive information about our upcoming event. Yeah, and what it will be, quite frankly, it's going to be a, it's going to be a fun time. We're going to actually have... Uh, basically, an auction will have at least 10 or 12 seats available that people can bid on. Say, listen, I want to put a kid in an airplane for an hour, and we'll have an mm-hmm. auction to, to promote that. And they're working with a couple of flight schools and private pilots. We'll have, um, you know, uh, flight tours available for either, either that day or that following week, depending on, on weather and scheduling. But it'll be, a, it'll be a lot of fun, which is the main thing we want to do is make it fun, make it engaging, and, uh, you know, get the thing launched. So, yeah, quite frankly, this is a, this is a, our charter uh, events, Richard. So we appreciate you uh, being involved. It's interesting how you're bringing all these uh, aviation terms in, right? Charter, and you you talked about helicopter parents. It's just it, yes, it's just, you're yeah. a smart man. I love it. All right, we're <laughs> we're going to take our third and final sponsorship break. When we come back, I'm going to ask Doug if you can share kind of the your vision for the future of your organization. Again, I'm excited to have such a a young uh, organization here because when we have you back in a couple of years, we'll say, remember that when you were the yep, first time? That's on? right. So, so be th- thinking about that, we're going to take a quick break, and then when we come back, I'm going to ask you to share with our audience your vision of the future for Wings of Purpose. So stay tuned. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll be back after these words from our sponsor. Smart Business Network is a business-to-business multimedia company providing insight, advice, and strategy for C-level executives of fast growth, middle market, and large companies. As one of the nation's largest publishers of local management journals, under the Smart Business name, Smart Business Network publishes 19 regional print editions, presents dozens of large and small-scale business conferences and award programs, and produces a vibrant interactive digital media presence. For more information, visit us at www.sbnonline.com. This is the sound of a flat-screen television hurled off a building. Now the new bike your kid wants. These are the things you could have all cast into oblivion. Because when you throw away money on wasted electricity, you throw away everything you could have bought with it. Use Energy Star light bulbs and appliances, and you could save hundreds of dollars a year. Saving energy saves you money. Learn more at energysavers.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Energy and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Critical Mass Nonprofit Show. Kay Underhill and Doug Crow are our guests today. We're talking about wings of purpose. And before the break, Doug, I said I was going to ask you to share your vision of the future. Would you take us through how you see the organization growing and evolving? Yeah, well, thanks so much. Uh, wingsofpurpose.org is a nonprofit organization with a dedication and commitment to empowering youth and giving them the critical thinking skills, the critical life skills to become tomorrow's leaders. Uh, my vision for the future is is really, you know, pretty big, quite frankly. Um, we're starting off with, you know, a fundraiser and getting kids uh, in an airplane for an hour or so. We also have um, um, two products coming out that one is for um, uh, church youth groups and uh, other um, youth leadership organizations. It's basically a, it's a, it's a, it's a leadership packet that has some skills in there, some uh, games, if you will, to help them, you know, think and you know, team-building exercises. I do a lot of work with World International, and we do a lot of team building exercises with them uh, in the youth leadership format. So I've pretty much taken some of my content from that and applied it to aviation. The other thing we do is we do talks at schools, and uh, we'll have either a pilot or myself or other of our volunteers or, or charter members come in and tell an aviation story. And it could be humorous. It could be, uh, um, you know, daredevil adventure stuff, but it always will have a lesson about consequences and one of my favorite topics accountability because kids aren't always accountable to their actions nowadays so we give them an example hey you know what when you're you know out of high school or out of college you're going to have the opportunity to make decisions and the decisions may have minor repercussions or major ones and uh if you're a pilot they could always be major so we use those stories to, to teach them and to um, give them a memorable experience of how that can be applied in their world in the future the other thing we're, we're um, you know, putting in the, in the future, not, not this year, but probably next year or two when I'm back on the show with you, we're going to have a summer camp where we'll have kids actually for a whole week. Uh, phase one of that will be a domestic summer camp somewhere in the United States um, near an airport 
where kids can actually, you know, take a flight lesson with a certified instructor. They can learn maintenance for future, you know, job skills. Mm-hmm. And then my uh, grand vision is to have an international uh, version where we have a, uh, uh, a large amphibious airplane going to another country for a week doing some service project in perhaps Guatemala or some third world country with a celebrity pilot and a, you know, a handful of kids that could be obviously documented and, you know, put on video, TV, whatnot. So the three stages are we have stuff for you people right now to um, enjoy and, and use as a, as a uh, group team building project. We have speakers and motivational, inspirational speakers available to talk to schools. And then we have uh, in the future um, actually events coming up where kids can get involved, get their hands on an airplane or a crescent wrench and, and get into that and get a field and, and give them confidence and, uh, and skills they can apply in the real world. Doug, can you remember your first exposure to aviation? I sure can. It's actually a cute story. Uh, my dad was a pilot, and we had a, we had a small plane growing up with a kid. And I'm uh, six years old, uh, sitting in his airplane, flying somewhere. Let's see over the control panel. My, I was so short, I couldn't see any out the window at all. And my dad, like what I do with when I take new people, I say, you know, I get to I get the plane stable and trim. And I said, would you like to fly it? Half people say, oh, no, I'm scared. Half people say, sure. And I say, go ahead, grab the controls. And I'll teach them to do a gentle turn, go up a little bit, go down a little bit. Very safe, very fun. It gives them that, that confidence again of what it's like to maneuver a real airplane in the air. Well, I'm six years old behind this yoke of this airplane, can't see over the dashboard, or the, the control panel, rather. And my dad says, okay, take the controls and make a turn. And I made a perfect no bragging, a perfect coordinated turn. I didn't slip it. I didn't yaw it. I made a perfect turn to left, perfect turn to right. And my dad's like, how in the heck did you do that? You can't see outside. You should be, you know, wavering or making a mistake. And I didn't say where. I just pointed to a thing on the instrument panel. It was called the attitude indicator. Because what there's a little gyroscope, a little fluid bubble that, that, that shows a little representation of an airplane in, in the, on the control panel that shows you how deep your bank is and how coordinated your turn is. I just point, he never gave me instructions on it. I just looked at it and said, geez, it looks like an airplane. I guess I'll make things turn gently. And uh, it goes back to one of our lessons about being your attitude determines your altitude. Wow. And that is true in aviation, and it's also true in life. And we are in control of that attitude every waking moment of life. I'm not always a happy, positive person. I've had sad times and dark times like everybody, but I can always restore that by making a decision to check my attitude, and that will always reflect my altitude. And you made a good uh, point earlier, too, that sometimes getting exposed at, a, at the right time in your life as a youth to flying or to the idea of a plane can be one of those moments in your life that puts you on a different path, creates an interest or sparks an enthusiasm that previously you hadn't been exposed to. And I, I can see how doing that with your Nonprofit uh, Wings of Purpose could really make a difference in a lot of children, young people's lives through that exposure. Right, and it, it doesn't have to be aviation. Just the confidence of of being at the controls of an airplane can give you just the confidence for anything you pursue in life. And we're just using that as the mode to give a person confidence because a lot of kids get you know physically and mentally beat up in this world, right. and they need to know that they are in control of their attitude and their their direction in life. So all the stories we give and all the examples we give are to help them with their attitude, direction, autopilot. There's so many, there's so many acronyms and metaphors we use in there. It is a joy to talk about. Obviously, I'm enjoying myself talking to you. So it's, um, yeah, it's, it's fortunately in my case, I actually took up aviation, but there's plenty of other kids that just give them the confidence and, hey, you know what? I just want to go up and be a, a great doctor or, or a, a great mechanic or something. That's fine too. Right. I, I agree. I, um, I, I can see that that's a metaphor and an opportunity for them to look at other things in their life in a different and reframe that as well, which is very positive and, and much needed. And as you said early on, it's great to help um, people who are disadvantaged, but it's also great to be able to help people that come from different socioeconomic backgrounds yeah. as well because Absolutely. you never know. We don't discriminate. You can be rich or poor uh, or uh, you know, you know, a family and no family. It doesn't matter to us. We know that no matter who you are, because even, even kids who are on the surface have got everything they need, they still could be crying out inside. They could have that, that uh, pain of a helicopter parent or being told what to do. It doesn't really matter. Everybody has their own challenges in life, so you could be um, 
physically handicapped or no hand, it doesn't matter. Everybody can use a boost of confidence and uh, and the fun of flying. Also, not forget this is also a lot of fun to do. Right. You had mentioned that you just got your website running, and I heard you say something about a Facebook page. So if someone wants to find out yeah. more about Wings of Purpose, how do they find you online? Yeah, they can go to uh, wingsofpurpose.org, wingsofpurpose.org, and you can send us an email if you want to volunteer, check it out, or you can give us a donation, or uh, just get on our mailing list for that October event. The K is going to be running here at the end of, end of October for our uh, very fun and engaging fundraiser will probably going to be over at John Wayne Airport. Um, we're going to have a surprise celebrity there. I don't know who yet because that's, you know, last minute and the three or four people we've contacted, but it'll be a lot of fun. It'll be toward the end of October, way before Halloween, but um, wingsofpurpose.org is our contact website, and we'd love to hear from your, your audience. It's been a pleasure having you both on. I wish you nothing but great things with Wings of Purpose. Thanks for taking time out of what I know is a busy professional life Doug and Kay to give back to the community and I wish you nothing but great things and success with Wings of Purpose. Well, thank, thank you so much. We appreciate it. Have a good thank day. You. you too. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's about wrapping us up here for this edition of Critical Mass Nonprofit Show. <clears throat> if you know of a worthy nonprofit here in Orange County that would enjoy some exposure through our program, please find us you can find me on our contact page at www.criticalmass4forbusiness.com. You can call me or send me an email. All that information is on our website. I would, I'm always looking for interesting guests to feature either on this show, which is focused on nonprofits, or on our Tuesday show, which uh, looks at Orange County business leaders and executives and entrepreneurs. So this is Rick Franzi, host of Critical Mass Nonprofit Show, saying until the next time we have a chance to talk, Here's hoping that all of your decisions move your business in a positive direction. You've been listening to Critical Mass, the nonprofit show, only on OCTalkRadio.net.